0: Know the power of the dark
1: side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man! Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello and welcome to episode five of Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by GKmedia.ie. We are near the end of series two already. Next week will be our final episode for this series. We will be back again though. In the new year. But if you're not familiar with the podcast, well, every week we explore and discuss what is happening in the Irish film industry and beyond. I'm your host, Gary Kelly, and joined as always by Lisa Tracy and Dave Coyne. Hello. Good
0: evening.
1: Good evening, all. Coming up on this podcast, we are discussing two movies The Old Man and the Gun. And Once Upon a Time in Deadpool, which just got a one-off screening. We'll also be speaking to someone working in, I suppose, the film exhibitor slash distribution channels as well. So interesting chat coming up later on. So do stay tuned for that. First up, though, let's talk about Robert Redford's final movie, The Old Man and the Gun. So what would be worse uh, if I'm lying about this or telling you the truth? Prove it. Prove it.
0: You want me to prove it? Yeah. Well, what do you do if I can? I won't walk out that door.
1: No, I'm not going to do it.
0: <laughs> I didn't think so.
1: Not because I can't. <laughs> because it's just not my style.
0: Not your style. Mm-mm. You have style. I do. Well, uh, tell me what that is, then.
1: There you go. That's a clip taken from The Old Man and The Gun. Apparently, the final movie from actor Robert Redford, who has gotten a Golden Globe nomination for his performance in that movie. And a lot of uh, excitement and expectation for a man who's starting over 80 projects, going back to the 1960s when he started off on a variety of uh, TV shows. Apparently, Maverick was the first uh, TV series he featured in. Um, but of course, I suppose he all really... Grabbed our attention when he was starring alongside Paul Newman in The Sting. And he's been in some remarkable movies ever since. But uh, let's take a look at his latest movie. And as I said, apparently it is going to be his last movie. I know that Dave Coyne, you're a big fan. Of uh, Robert Redford and you're excited about this movie coming out to so hold up to your expectations
2: uh, yes uh, I was very excited when I saw I, I mean this movie came on my radar kind of in March time of last year and I am very uncharacteristically characteristically liked the Facebook page just to keep up with when it's kind of ma- coming out and get some tidbits about it and uh, it very much met my expectations it's um, The pacing, the acting, the old-schooliness of it. There's a lot of stillness, a lot of, you know, hanging in the air moments. Huge stellar cast, you know, everybody from Tom Waits and Danny Glover to, obviously, Sissy Spacek Mm -hmm. and himself. And um, uh, Casey Affleck is in it as well. And Casey Affleck and uh, Robert Redford have a scene in this movie which takes place in a corridor of a bathroom of a restaurant. And for my money, it's the best scene I've seen all year. Just a scene. Two actors. Two actors. And the electricity and the moment that they share is funny, poignant, deep, and it's performed exquisitely. And yes, it lived up to the hype for me.
1: So it's based on a true story about a man, Forrest Tucker, who escaped, is it? Yeah. From prison.
0: Like 17 times, 16 times, I think it was.
2: Yeah. There's a great uh, flashback scene where, uh, no spoilers here, but you know, it's about this guy who, he's a serial bank robber. He doesn't do it for the money. Like he's got a, he a he lifts the floorboards at one point, throws a lump of money in under the floorboards and the camera tracks across under the floorboards to reveal loads of money money. and he doesn't drive a flash car and he doesn't have a cocaine habit and he doesn't have a he just gets a thrill from Robin Banks and it's a true story which is even more amazing and he apparently in real life this Forrest uh, Tucker fella escaped from prison 17 times Wow! and there's a flashback scene where he's they're kind of running through them it's a lovely little montage of various escapes and one of them actually uh, cuts to a young Robert Redford of, you know, maybe 25 or something in his heyday when he'd, you know, he makes current Brad Pitt look like a boil, you know what I mean? He's a really gorgeous man, he's in the woods and he's like looking around going, you know, I'm escaping from prison. And it doesn't jar with you at all because it's actually Robert Redford from 50 years ago and it's not, you know, de-aged or CGI'd or anything like that. And... Um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful movie. And if he isn't, I don't know if he's going to win an Oscar for this. But if he doesn't get nominated, then there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. Mm-hmm.
1: He's only ever won one Oscar. You probably mm-hmm. know what it was for.
2: River on Through It. No. No. Did he not direct
1: that? Wasn't. Is it the one with Timmy Moore? No. No. He wasn't proposal, for that. No.
0: No. Sneakers.
1: <laughs> was it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which one was it? Ordinary People. Oh, oh yes, yes.
2: Did he get an 70, Oscar for that? Mm-hmm. Was that seventy-one or two? Something like that. Uh, Eighty Eighty one or two, yeah. yeah. And he yeah, that was um that was a bit of a yeah, I don't think I've actually seen that film. That's not that bad. I've heard it's a great film, but it's uh it's more of a talkie. There's nothing it's more kind of people talking, there's no big story as in, it's just a drama. This it's very lean, is what mm. I mean. But um yeah, he he certainly deserves an Oscar nomination, if not a win, for this film, which is just excellent. And Sissy Spacek is exquisite in this film.
0: I'm making a it, face. Why? Because I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> to the movie or to Sissy Spacek? <laughs> uh, to Sissy Spacek, because I thought their characters, I didn't think there was any chemistry between them. I thought it was just a bit meh. It's all right.
2: I know, I thought it was really good. <laughs> I mean, there's a scene where uh, obviously we know he's a bank robber as the audience, and he meets this woman, which he kind of, he's escaping. He uses her as a cover. He, yeah, he uses her as a cover. He's being chased by the cops. The co- Well, and he switches cars. Yeah, he switches cars and he's driving along and this is in the 80s and he's driving an old big American car and there's woo, 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 the cops are chasing him and he sees her on the side of the road uh, looking at the bonnet of her truck. You know, she's broken down and he's an old man and, you know, he's ter- ter- torn off his fake moustache at this point and he just pulls over and he's got a suit on he walks over and he's like, so, uh, can I help you, with the, you? You know, you're having some car trouble and the cops just drive past. And he's kind of looking out of the corner his eye looking for the cops and she's like, yeah, do you know anything about engine? And he's like, well, not really, but, you know, let's have a look. And, you know, they strike up a uh, friendship and there's a little spark of romance there. And then they're in a restaurant.
1: <laughs> As Lisa makes a face. <laughs> they're, in,
2: they're in a restaurant and she says, so what do you do? And he says, oh, you know, he's trying to avoid the issue. I'm a bank robber. He doesn't want to say I'm a bank robber. So he writes something on a piece of paper and he slides it over to her and she picks it up and she smiles and laughs and she goes, yeah, if only that were th- true. You know, we don't know. Did he tell her the truth or did he not? Oh, okay. But uh, I thought the, the chemistry w- between them was, was very good myself.
0: Mm, yeah, okay. I just don't like Sissy
1: Spacek. Well, there you go. That's what <laughs> it is. Yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> but no, but
0: there was there was no like. What about Casey no Affleck? Passion, there was no heat. Casey, Casey Affleck. Because he's a great actor, but there's a bit of kickback in Hollywood. Ah, uh, yeah, but sure, yeah. look at everyone. Has I mean, that now.
2: Uh, you know, listen. The <laughs> kickback. I think if you investigated half of Hollywood,
0: no one is an angel.
2: You know, no one is an angel, and there's going to be kickbacks every. And obviously, this is the time of Me Too, and all that stuff is very valid and everything. But um, you know, my personal view on it is that you know, each individual case is we can't. Legislate for each individual case but when a load of muck gets thrown at someone whether it's valid muck or not especially if it's not valid muck it sticks mm. and whether Casey Affleck is guilty of all this stuff or not I don't know uh, I'm not this is not judge and judge Judy here but yeah. as an actor if we just measure his acting skills I never thought much of his acting skills I thought he was okay but this okay. in this film he is phenomenally good in this. I mean, if he hadn't, uh, you know, he's obviously, he's a, he's an Oscar winner, but if he hadn't have won an Oscar before and if all this Me Too stuff hadn't mudslinged at him for whatever reason, uh, I'd say he'd be up for, best supporting in this film that's Definitely. how good he is he's mm-hmm. so good in this and uh as i said to you there's a scene in a hallway with just the two boys very you know uh, you su- didn't
0: think it was actually going to happen and yeah. then it happened and yeah you like ah oh.
2: and it was so entertaining that scene and uh, I, I just encourage people to go and see the film and they'll enjoy it immensely
1: yeah in fairness i always thought uh, casey affleck was a great actor i did watch all the money in the world from ridley scott mm. during the week yeah
0: wasn't that again christopher Plummer?
1: Instead yeah. of Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah, reshot.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. The
1: whole thing was reshot. I thought it was a good movie, but I couldn't have imagined Kevin Spacey playing that role of, of Getty because I just thought. Christopher Plummer was so good at it. And I don't think, having seen Spacey in so many yeah. films and TV dramas down through the years, that he would have nailed it as well as Christopher Plummer. Yeah. But I don't know it Was the Helen Mern had come out and given off about that. Kevin Spacey shouldn't have been replaced because it, you have to treat the artist as the artist and not yeah. be covering over art and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Mm. Now, I believe that obviously I haven't seen the
2: the footage of Kevin Spacey in the role, but I believe he had a lot of prosthetics and makeup on and stuff, you know, to really bring him into the role, whereas Christopher Plummer didn't. (laughs) So that's instantly uh, an extra top trump for Christopher Plummer's performance, you know. But uh, interesting that this Me Too stuff is recasting and reshooting movies, you know.
1: Mm, Mm. Just looking as well, speaking of Ridley Scott, what's coming up? On his calendar, like he has so much going on in terms of what's just been completed between TV shows and movies. What's currently in post production is about three projects, he is about five projects in pre production, and there's going to be a gladiator 2 coming out. Yeah, uh, How Battle of are they Britain. Do that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm skeptical, I'm skeptical. I mean, another p- alien
1: movie. One
2: of the things I would say is you know obviously he's a he's a very very talented director but if you look at that schedule there and you kind of think right A the money that he would have in terms of his clout and his experience and his level in Hollywood but also each one of those projects probably has five or six people doing a lot of work for him on his behalf he make a decision we're going to do this and then five people run away and make it happen and then he would go to the next meeting for a different movie and there's six people in that meeting who run off and do his bidding so I mean a man at his age it's great to see him doing work but
1: guess how old is. I can't believe this.
2: 67, 70 something.
1: 81 apparently. No.
2: Ridley Scott is 80. I don't believe you. Wow.
1: I had to calculate that three times. He was born in November 1937 In wow. 2018 now. Be 82 next yeah. November 2019. And Robert oh
2: Redford is older again. Robert yeah, Redford. And Ridley hasn't
1: gotten any Oscars. Yeah. Has he not? No. Not even for Gladiator. No. no. Which is shocking. Four nominations. Shocking. Who
0: beat him that he, year?
1: He's only a year older than Robert Redford. Yeah.
0: Wow. that's mad.
1: I don't know what I'll be like when I'm 80. I'm sure I'll be no spring onion. But he seems to have aged a lot in the last few years. As opposed to Ridley Scott. seems to have a more youthful face doesn't
0: he he's a cowboy he's
2: a cowboy he likes to be on horseback he's he's, in Montana he's not what you call a metrosexual who's moisturising every day and you know worried about his skin whereas you know when he was a young lad very few women even worried about moisturising their skin Mm. Mm -hmm. whereas now teenagers are sleeping in a bath of oil of yule with two straws to try and (laughs) remain young forever So, he, you know, he has weathered. He he looks like weathered. an 80-year-old man yeah. should look, in my yeah. opinion. Not, you know, I'm 80, but I look 50.
1: You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. There you go. We've discussed a lot there. Mm-hmm. But out of five, The Old Man and the Gun? For me, it's a very solid five-star
2: movie. Instant classic. I think I'll be, it'll be one of the few Blu-rays I'll actually buy.
1: Wow is that more for nostalgia now
2: no it's so good the the performances as i said are electric and it's it's a classic like if if i time traveled into the future and saw this movie for the first time i think oh that was made in 1980 i mean it's that good
1: and he's definitely retiring is he
2: well that's what the press release says swan song and whatnot but the thing that fascinates me about the movie is it directed by a guy who's like 35 or something 30 he's 30 no he's 38 but he's a young lad comparison mm. and the movie is so mature such a classic kind of 70s 80s vibe about the way it's shot the way it's framed there's no slick modern nonsense it's real old school and the character and the story are so good so solid five stars for me
1: excellent lisa three is that just because sissy is in it kind of <laughs> if she wasn't in it would you give it a four
0: no just by the end of it i was like really is that the end no i wasn't happy with the ending Okay.
2: No, sorry. i
1: was so happy with the ending. (laughs) Okay, there you go. That is The Man and the Gun. The first five out of five from Dave. And uh, three. I don't think Lisa has given a five to anything yet.
0: I have. I give a five to A Star is Born.
1: Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. I think I gave a
2: five to Widows as well. Those are the two movies I'm walking around telling everybody to go and see, Widows and The Old, man, the old the man, the man and the Gun. Those are the two fives for me. And I would go five years without giving out a five. So I'm kind of amazed that I've given out two fives in the last few weeks.
1: Okay, well, the next movie got Lisa Tracy very excited when we discussed checking it out at the ice cinema. She was doing cartwheels here mm-hmm. in her studio in Galway City. But is she doing cartwheels now today? Let's I find out. Once Upon a Deadpool. Kind of prefer Marvel movies. We are Marvel.
3: Yeah, but you know, you're Marvel licensed by Fox. It's like if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. It's music, but it
1: sucks. Hey, that's it. I'm done. I've had it with all this Nickelback hating, right? You think that makes you cool with the cool kids in school, Fred? No, it just makes me right. It doesn't. They're overproduced, formulaic ear garbage.
2: Oh, really? You know who might disagree with that?
1: Facts. 50 million albums worldwide.
3: Can't afford marketing
0: personnel for your business? Don't worry. Just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie
1: That's a clip taken from Once Upon a Deadpool. Loved Deadpool. hmm had huge expectations For Deadpool 2 Slightly disappointed But <gasps> it's You know That's life I Aww. can get over it I like the girl With the short hair in it So that mm-hmm. kept me happy You didn't like Deadpool No no I thought Deadpool Was great I just just Deadpool The first one Caught me off Off guard Completely I, I wasn't expecting yeah. Anthony so and I was like Oh m- yeah. this is amazing So the
2: high you got from it It's not repeatable by the no. definition that you've experienced the person, now yeah. you're familiar with the character and the f- jokes and mm. you just, it's not possible to meet this. It's like, you know, a first date. You cannot replicate a first date with a person, with the same oh person. God. You, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the electricity and the excitement and the nervousness. Yeah. Uh, you cannot, it can't be done. It's like a first impression. You can't make a second one. So mm. when you make a first impression with a movie or a franchise, it's like, oh my God, that was brilliant. And then you're going to see the second one. And even if it's technically brilliant and uh, you're not going to have the same electric sensation.
1: Once Upon a Deadpool, okay. Look, no one can see it again because it was just out in cinemas one night.
2: That's the reason we we went to see it. Obviously, we'd all seen Deadpool 1 and Mm. 2, but the fact that this was a one-off, not not even like a special edition, a one screening at one time at one day, end of story. Now, I'm presuming there'll be a Blu-ray of it or whatever, but it was a strange thing and we just are Curiosity was piqued and we said, look, we have to go and review this just to see what the fuss is. Why Why are they doing this very unique one screen, one show, one day, as opposed to, you know, it's on for a week. Yeah. And it was unusual.
0: It was. But I thought it didn't lose anything by changing it to just a 15A. In like it got rid of all the Fs, all the bad Fs. Yeah. And it just, it didn't lose anything. Yeah. I mean, it kind so of. So, word to the people. Stop cursing in your movies.
2: It in a very Deadpool way. It makes a thing out of the fact that they're removing the f bombs okay. from, from the movie. Like uh, basically, the premise of the movie is I'm sure anybody listening is familiar with um, the Princess Bride, mm-hmm. with Fred Savage mm-hmm. in the bed being read the story of the Princess Bride by um, Colombo.
0: Colombo, yeah. <laughs>
2: And uh, Peter Falk, for anybody who's wondering who's Columbo, probably mm-hmm. wondering who's Peter Falk as well, but anyway. Yeah. Dead. So, so yeah, Well, <laughs> dead at this stage, But and one more thing. But he is reading the story to this kid, and you know, there's classic bits where he's reading the story and we go to the story and then there's a kissing and the kid goes, whoa, 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 and we cut back to the, f- and he's like, oh, the kissing bit, blah, blah, blah. Is this
0: a kissing book is which is a- featured at the start of this podcast? Very good.
2: Exactly. Deadpool is reading the story of Deadpool 2 to Fred Savage, who is now a middle-aged man mm. who and is and as
0: an established director in his own right yes
2: indeed and he is taped to the bed against his will <laughs> dressed up as the kid <laughs> in, from, and it's not
0: even his room In, it's in the set, in
2: sound stage in a sound stage which is replicating the set of The Princess, Princess Bride, Bride. and Deadpool is pretending to be the grandfather so and he's like now we only have one F-bomb two SH-1Ts and this, yeah. he's m- l- telling him how many curse words we have in this movie so Fred Star- Savage starts talking and Deadpool has the beeper in his mm-hmm. hand. And he's like, beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. Are you beeping me? Yes. And then Deadpool starts beeping himself. Okay. So they make a big thing out of the re- removing F-bombs and the bad language. And um, as Lisa said, it doesn't lose anything of Deadpool 2. Because Deadpool 2, the movie, is still in there. Yeah. There's just this extra stuff. Okay. And there's moments in Deadpool where it cuts out to back to the two boys okay. reading the narration. And there's a kissing bit and it cuts back. And you're like, okay. And Fred Savage is like, mm-hmm. And Deadpool is kind of waiting for him to go, is this a kissing book? <laughs> yeah. And Fred Savage is... So I'm not going to say it. He's <laughs> like, what you, no, no, I'm a grown man. I like kissing and, you know, mm-hmm. it's romantic, you know, gesture. And, and Deadpool is like, no, 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 you got to do the thing from the yeah. movie and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, later on in the movie when emotional stuff happens, it cuts back and Fred Savage is crying. And Deadpool's like, are you crying? And he's like, yeah, it's so emotional. <laughs> so it's, it's a
1: fun kind of extra layer Fairness. onto Deadpool, you know? Mm-hmm. Excellent.
0: Yeah, loved it. Is I it won't. worth
1: doing an, an out of five? Because it's just like an extended movie to a mm. degree, isn't it?
0: What should I give Deadpool 2? I think I'll probably give it a four. Mm. Yeah, I mean, i De- give this a. Four. De-
2: Deadpool 2 is a solid four movie, and this is, is Deadpool 2 with just a bit of garner. So it's a four yeah. star movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's well made. The jokes are good. You know, he calls Josh Brolin both Thanos and One Eyed Willy. Yeah. For me, that's, so that's enough to get the extra star from a three star. And um, yeah, it's a four star movie.
1: Excellent. Okay, up next we are speaking to Chiara Oriani of iCinema Galway.
0: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie.
1: Delighted to have Chiara Oriani, film programmer at iCinema Galway, join us on Just Like In The Movies this week. Chiara, thanks for joining us.
3: Pleasure to be on the show, Gary.
1: Tell us, what is the role of a film programmer? Some people probably think that you're just kind of watching movies all day, eating loads of popcorn, having a great life.
3: Yes, it's a it's a lovely job to have, to be honest. We don't sit down, eat popcorn, and watch movies all the time, but certainly the watching movie part of it is... Uh, quite relevant and uh, it's something that we have to do in order to know what we're selling to our customers at the cinema. Um, so our, our job, I suppose, is to select the content that goes on screen in the, In the cinema. In my case, it's the iCinema in Golo, which is an independent cinema. We have quite a freedom of choice if you're, if you're an independent uh, cinema. And you're programming from an independent uh, cinema. You know you you can pick and choose to a certain extent the titles that you can show. There are a certain amount of films that you you must show. You know you're talking about the big blockbusters that every cinema in the country will have to show, and uh, of course they're they're bringing in the footfall, and uh, you need them to stay alive in the business in the jungle that it is nowadays but you have a freedom of choice as well you can bring in some art house products you can bring in independent filmmakers that wouldn't have a big distributor behind them so they would contact you personally and they talk to you and they they're really eager to show you their products so it's a it's nice in a way to be in a position of offering that opportunity to smaller producers directors that are in Ireland at the moment, and there are a lot out there that unfortunately, because they're not big names just yet, they find it hard to get a distributor behind them to support them.
1: Yeah, you've certainly built up a strong name over the past number of years as a great cinema for supporting Irish independent filmmakers. How did you get into the cinema business originally?
3: Well, personally, I, it was always a passion of mine, first of all, and I, I did study film in college. Um, I never thought I ended up this end of the industry. I was trained and I was looking to work more in the production and direction side of things. But uh, I started working during college in the cinema, uh, literally making popcorn, cleaning screens and, and all that, hoshering customers in and out of screens. And um, slowly, slowly, I... I progressed in my role and uh, I'm working behind the scene of a busy multiplex at the moment, which is, it's it's the other end of the the scale. You go from, you know, you're trained to be a director or a producer and what I do now is showing the product that other directors or other producers would have made to be shown to people. And it's quite fascinating. There's never a dull moment. I've been working at the Ice Cinema for nearly 14 years now and uh, I have to say, There hasn't been a day that has been the same in any of the roles that I've covered. And um, it is it's it's a nice industry to be in, to be honest, it's fast paced. It's it's young and uh, yeah, it's it keeps you keeps you alive and it keeps you, you know, wanting for more and wanting to see what's the next big movie. And uh, yeah, it's it's nice to be in that.
1: So from, I suppose, the producers and directors you met 14 years ago coming into the i cinema to screen their films have they sort of changed as the personalities change over the last 14 years do you think in terms of uh, the sort of people now behind the lens in the Irish film industry
3: um, certainly not some of them that they you know 14 years ago I remember even being in college here in Galway in the Houston film school and we would have had master classes and Directors coming in and talking to us and showing us um, their movies. And uh, at that stage, they were they would have been kind of first first time filmmakers, and now they've built a reputation and they're big names in the Irish film industry. Um, But I find a lot of them they they stay quite grounded. I'm thinking, for example, Lenny Abramson. They I met them in a in a number of occasions, and uh, no matter how big they've become, they always seem to. to remember where they came from, which is really nice. I'm sure there's opposites out there and others that are completely gone. Hollywood, big stars as well, but uh, certainly I'm lucky to have met a good few of them that don't forget the roots and don't forget how hard it was to make a start in the industry.
1: Now, the Irish film industry, in in terms of cinema admissions, is thriving at the moment. In 2018, 16 million cinema tickets sold. So Ireland are pretty good when it comes to going to the cinema compared to the rest of mainland Europe.
3: Yes, it is, because I think it's one factor certainly helps. It's the weather. It's the bad weather. So you have really busy summers because unfortunately it rains a lot in Ireland and kids are off school for a few months and a lot of the good film product comes out during the summer. Big blockbusters, both for families and, you know, for adults. So we did have a busy summer and uh, brought us into a very busy winter as well. There were a good few releases that came out just before Christmas and really carried us through to the busy Christmas seasons and now we're into a world season so again another couple of months of hard work for everybody working in the in the exhibition um, side of the film industry it's good to see that it's growing because you think okay uh, with the way home video is going and Netflix Amazon Prime and you can watch stuff at home and it's fairly recent releases you're able to get them even on Sky and and all that so you you do wonder you know are people not coming to the cinema anymore what's going to happen is it a dying industry but we keep it quite varied we at the eye but every other cinema in the country as well we don't just show uh, mainstream movies or movies in general we try and um, bring in different contents for example live events uh, live broadcasts operas uh, theater ballets and there's live concerts and all that so that keeps people coming in and it is the experience that matters. I think I, I much prefer watching a movie in a big screen with a good surround sound system and the fact that you're watching it with an audience as well and you react and you laugh at the same jokes at the same time. It's something that you can't get at home. Um, so I think that that will that's that's a good point And we we'll keep Irish cinema going. I think next year 2019 looks very promising as well. There is a lot of uh, good movies coming out. Uh, I think Disney, for example, have a lot on their slate that is really, really strong. They have a lot of live action titles coming out that are made from their old cartoons. They're bringing them with actors, Lion King, Aladdin, Dumbo. There is a lot of uh, Avengers stuff, but even every other distributor as well. I believe Universal, they're bringing out uh, Downton Abbey, the movie that will be a huge one. So there, there's a good product out there for next year and we're all excited about it. And But still, we'll try and bring in the smaller releases as well and, uh, you know, just keep it varied, keep the um, smaller, you know, distributors and the smaller uh, directors and producers happy as well. I
1: suppose one thing I find difficult watching a movie at home is there's so many distractions between getting messages on your phone or little ones running around looking for you to play Barbie with them. Certainly, I think what's interesting is Martin Scorsese's upcoming movie, currently known as The Irishman. Uh, it might have a different title when it's being released. They're pushing for it to be released in cinemas first, even though it's a, a Netflix production. But they know really that cinema is where you get your prime business first when you're releasing something. Before we finish up, Kiara, what is it that Irish filmmakers need to be thinking about or need to be doing to get a successful run in an Irish cinema with their, with their movie?
3: First of all, marketing is really, really important because you need to know, you need to let people know that you have a movie, you're bringing it out, it's out in the cinema and this is what the movie is going to be about. So trailers, posters, in-house advertisements, if they can get interviews on the radio or national radio stations, local radio stations, um, that always works. Social media as well, as well is very good for that because you need to make people aware that you have a film out in the cinemas or else they just don't know about it. So i know we're back to basics but marketing is really really important and and it has to be made really well from a producer point of view or if you have a distribution deal uh, with you uh, well and good they'll look after that for you i think one thing that is missing the irish film industry uh, it's comedies i think there are a lot of great dramas uh, historical dramas and they do well uh, they're really good but it it would be nice to see a bit more comedy in the in the offering from the Irish filmmakers so personally that that's what I would like to see more just make sure you people know about your movie and you know you kind of spread the word as much as you can so the more they hear about it the more people want to see it
1: thank you very much for joining us on just like in the movies and a continued success at Ice Cinema Galway
3: thank you for having us
1: There you go, that is Chiara Oriani, film programmer at iCinema Galway. That is it for this week on Just Like in the Movies. Thanks again to Lisa Tracy and Dave Coyne, and we will talk to you again next week for episode six, the final episode of series two, where we'll be looking back at some of the highlights of the Christmas season and looking ahead to what we think might be picking up an Oscar in 2019.